Is that it? Wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for inviting me uh, tonight uh, for the the last uh, hurrah before Friday night. Um, uh, so um, I want to talk today about the Emergee Witches uh, Project uh, 1711. I've worked on it for a number of years. Uh, it has three parts. The first part is an academic history of the trial. The second part explore how it was remembered and commemorated in Ireland uh, in some, um, from 1711 to 2015. And I think the final part was the public history and heritage uh, activities. Uh, I'll talk about these today um, and the challenges posed by this part in particular. I'll talk first of all about the trial, I'll just give you an overview in case you don't know about it, okay? Um, the trial uh, started in February 1711 when an elderly Anne Haltridge, she died suddenly um, and people were saying witchcraft and she died in Nohead House in Isla McGee. Isla McGee is an eight mile long peninsula on the east coast of County Antrim in Northern Ireland, which is now. Um, it contained at the time around 300 uh, Presbyterians of Scots descent. So after this woman Anne died, uh, a young, educated, 18-year-old uh, girl, Mary Dunbar, arrives in the house. Uh, she immediately uh, encounters the symptoms of demonic possession, uh, the classic ones, the horror movie ones. And during March 1711, Dunbar accused eight Presbyterian women of using witchcraft to spectrally attack her in spirit form and possess her body. The women, the eight women, were eventually tried on the 31st of March 1711 at the spring session of Carrick Fergus Assizes in County Antrim. They were all convicted, they pleaded not guilty under the 1586 Irish Witchcraft Act. Uh, they're sentenced to one year's imprisonment and four stints in the pillory on market day under the Act. Um, but unlike most demoniacs or demonically possessed people, the Incarceration of the woman didn't improve Mary Dunbar's health. She now claimed that William Seller, the hard-drinking husband and father to two of the convicted women, was now attacking her. William was convicted at the next assizes in September 1711, but Mary Dunbar in the intervening period had died. And so his uh, original offence turned into a capital offence and he was probably executed. He's probably one of uh, possibly two Irish witches who were executed along with Florence Newton in 1661, but that's disputed um, by some historians. Uh, the first part of the project uh, is complete. I published a monograph on it, um, which I think you saw in the last slide, which I explained in terms of uh, demonic possession, gender and social conflict, as well as wider political and religious connotations of Ulster at that time. But inspired by the work of people in this conference, um, Owen, Ronald and Diane, um, I also wanted to look at how the 1711 trial was remembered and represented at a local and national level. I've argued that the collective or social memory of the trial was transmitted in Isla McGee for centuries afterwards via oral tradition and folklore, particularly within families. The descendants of the accusers and the accused lived in the area for centuries afterwards. But the events were also further remembered through informal dark heritage. Um, they were commemorated in this way by local people from the 19th century, probably earlier, but no record of it, right through to the present day. 
they do this through storytelling and by avoidance of sites associated with the Ellen McGee witches. This has included the Hartridge House, which I've showed you there on the left-hand side, the right-hand side, and the old rocking stone, where the spirits of the Ellen McGee witches were meant to dance at night. It was also where one of the convicted women, Catherine McCormand, uh, left claw marks when she was dragged off to court, uh, according to folklore and tradition. But a cultural memory of the trial was also created by non-fiction and creative writers. In the 19th and 20th century, historians, journalists, travel writers maintained and accepted patriarchal standards of womanhood by portraying the Ale McGee witches in a particular way as pliant, as pious, as gentle, who, and women who lacked agency. In reality, they resisted every part of the prosecution process. They gave it everything, they, you know, and their families helped. And they were accused precisely because they challenged male standards of beauty, behaviour and language. This gendered portrayal uh, was often bolstered uh, by the exclusion of William Sellers from the narrative. And the myth was included that one of the women lost an eye in the pillory when pelted by cabbage stalks. This is a story that um, is reproduced almost verbatim by William Butler Yeats in 1888 in this book that you can see online. Um, and actually, I think the, um, and you can see the pillory there. And the pillory has, you know, is recreated, but has no mention of the Ellen McGee witches. A lot of what Lisa was saying is resonating here. But such accounts often use rationalist enlightenment rhetoric, condemn belief in witchcraft as superstitious and bigoted, and also to, to distance Ireland from Europe's witch hunting past. Things that are, are in uh, Owen Davis's reign, especially on, on America. So um, for a forthcoming book, I um, examined how novelists, poets and playwrights handled the 1711 trial from the early uh, 17th century onwards. This includes uh, Olga Fielding's little-known uh, play from 1948 and Adrian Rice's poem from 1990. Creative writers often explain the, the, the trial in terms of a cruel and cold uh, criminal injustice system or the otherness of the, or weirdness of the Ellen McGee people. And people in Northern Ireland will still talk about the weirdness of Ellen McGee. But Fielding's play prefigures Arthur Mother's Crucible um, by a couple of years but it portrays the roots of Dunbar's accusation in terms of a love triangle between um, that she was involved in, really. The, the influence of earlier non-fiction accounts are palpable in these fictive works. The lost eye myth is given province. Um, William Seller is excluded. The agency and resistance of the Ellen McGee women is passed over. Their innocence and their vulnerability is shown throughout. So just to come to the, the final part of the project then, and this is public heritage uh, and history focused. It struck me that if not for a release uh, from Ulster University in 2011, a press release to commemorate the 300 year anniversary of the Elmer Gee Witch Trial, that nothing would have been said about it. It might have passed by. Um, there was a flood of media activity because of it. Um, Contrast with a year later and the Pendle Witches, exactly what um, Lisa was talking about. And you can see 
the difference there. Um, and this is Ireland's important trial, you know, along with Florence Newton's, of course. But in the last nine years, I think things have changed. There's been widespread media interest um, in the case. A novel has come out by Martina Devlin, a children's book, several plays, an immersive theatre event, all dedicated to the trial or based on the trial. I tried to play a part in this rediscovery and reinvention by talking about it with community groups and libraries and art venues. I've also engaged with women's groups using the trial to discuss issues such as equality, naming, tolerance and gender. More reactively, to be honest, coming to me, than proactively, I work with radio and TV and film production companies to work in pitches on Nile McGee Witches or um, on treatments um, that actually went forward. Um, some of these are already broadcast, some are coming out. But this wasn't done before, and so it's a welcome, you know, uh, celebration of Ella McGee and the witchcraft area. But um, not all the engagement with the trial has been positive. Um, in 2015, wide made, widespread media coverage uh, in The Guardian and the BBC was given to objections by a land councillor to a proposal by Martina, uh, uh, Martina Devlin to erect a small memorial in Isla McGee to the witches. The proposal formed a part of a wider call by uh, Martina to have the witches, uh, just the women, uh, push posthumously pardoned. The objection uh, to these plans were made on the grounds, uh, I quote, they were anti-God or support of, of devil worship. Now this is in 2019, and why an act of public commemoration should provoke controversy like this um, is difficult to explain. But if you look towards Northern Ireland, I think some answers come out. Um, certainly, circular remembrance and commemoration often underpinned by competing religiously and politically informed views in the past remains controversial and post-conflict, but still divided Northern Ireland. It could be also traced to radical Protestant evangelicalism and the fact that the Ellen McGee trial was linked in the early 1970s to Satanism and modern satanic worship. Because of its historical association with witchcraft, Ellen McGee was chosen in 1972 by operatives in the Royal Ulster Constabulary's special brands to be one of the sites of black magic that they staged to keep kids away from uh, sites of strategic importance and off the street. Uh, this episode is described brilliantly in a book by Richard Jenkins. I'm nearly finished. Um, so lately, uh, Land Council's replacement, Mid and East Antrim Borough Council, have uh, recognised uh, the potential of the Isle McGee trial. They've included a section on their website that celebrates the history and heritage of the area. And along with colleagues, um, I have engaged in a number of funding bids for exhibitions, landscape markers, and interactive media projects relating to the Isle McGee case. You know, I haven't had much, you know, um, luck. It's not born fruit, but I'm trying. So just finally to conclude then, the project, the final part of this project has proven hardest to realise in an environment of strained budgets in a country where witchcraft has been long written out of social history, just like Lisa said in relation to Wales. And the word itself carries negative connotations. 
There is so much potential here to tie the trial to the landscape and the history of the region. After all, it has been informally commemorated for centuries. And in conversations with locals, they seem keen to have it formally uh, commemorated. I'm still trying to do this, as, as I said, but I think it's really important. Belief in the supernatural is a shared part of Irish history. It's a tie that binds, not divines, people of all religious and political backgrounds. Just get 100 people um, in Northern Ireland from a variety of backgrounds to talk about ghosts, charms and cures, and you'll get an immediate sense of the shared culture that's often overlooked. Thank you very much.